Welcome back to Barely Serious. This is uh, episode 58. Here with a guy who was also on the podcast from a long time ago, over a year ago already, from episode 10, uh, The Cast Man. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm in a pretty fuck-ass state of mind, and uh, I'm taking a page out of your playbook. We did a pod where you were... I was at home, you were walking around Fountain Valley, and... I think the tables have turned now. I'm walking around the F.E. streets, bro. <laughs> it, 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 it's relaxing, man, to just walk around and do nothing. It's a nice place to live. What what, what, what part do you live in? Well, I don't know how specific I should get, you know, <laughs> putting that out there, but let's just, let's just say I'm on the southeast side. Okay, for sure. You know what I'm saying? We're pretty close. We, we uh... Yeah, we, um, I grew up pretty close to where you're at. Yeah, over by the hospital? Yeah, Brookers for life, dog. <laughs> so you went to Fountain Valley High School, and what year did oh, you yeah. graduate? 2004. Oh, okay, I thought, for some reason I thought it was 2002. Um, oh, I'm not, I'm not that much of a fogey, man. <laughs> I'm a young pup. That's crazy though. 2004. So you were a sophomore in 02? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sophomore. Uh, going on junior. I guess I was a junior at the first part of 02. Uh, yeah, 02 was kind of 02 was kind of my year. It, it felt like I graduated 02 because yeah, that was. Those were good times. That's crazy the, because people played in a band. People that are born that were born in 2002. You could bang them now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess in theory, it, you know. Not in theory, you, speaking. You, legally, like, like. In practice, there we there we go. Well, you know, I'm I'm in a committed relation <laughs> as it as it stands. You know, well, as it will stand, as it shall stand. So it's it's hard to imagine. You know, I mean. But uh, I guess, you know, if I can de- depersonalize it, if uh, I guess if you're a, a pup my age and you're about dirty dogging it, I mean, <laughs> who am I to judge? I don't know. Not really my position. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy to be. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to not be presented with those moral quandaries. That's kind of the nice part about Monog, my brog, you know. How long have you been with the cast woman? Well, we met about four and a half years ago, but we uh, we were kind of living in, in different different parts of. Uh, well, she was down at OC, and I was up in LA at the time. And we went on a couple went on a couple early dates that were kind of spread out time wise. I was just I was just getting uh, getting situated in LA, but we've been going solid for a while. Met about four and a half years ago, though. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know about, I don't know about dating. You know, like, I don't know about what monogamy. I don't know about just keeping it with one person. I don't think I could do that anymore. Galen <laughs> Nash has to have a stash, man. No, it's not even that. I just feel like I don't know. Just I, I just I guess I haven't met the one person that's that elevates me in a way that I can't elevate myself already. If that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. 
I don't know. Well, like, I think when you're when you're younger, it's good. Well, I don't know. People meet when they're like fourteen, and then they are married for like seventy yeah. years. I know. I mean, to some to some extent. I mean, I think I think when I was younger, I thought that, and I think it is good for people to get their priorities straight. You know, I mean, you're, you're staying busy. You know, you're you're barely being serious. <laughs> you know. So why would you, you know, I mean, what are you going to be in a barely, it makes sense you would be in a barely serious relationship. Hey, that's a good way to put it. As opposed to a serious relationship. It's how how you put it, you know? (laughs) But, uh, I kind of, the older I get, I think, uh, you know, all the dating apps, I mean, I just see, I see my homies just like, fingers tired from swiping, swipe, 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 (laughs) you know? Carpal tunnel. Yeah, and like, bro, I gotta get out to Moreno Valley. Oh. There's this chick. I got a date. I might. I don't even know if I'm getting catfish, bro. But I'm. I'm heading over. <laughs> and it's kind of like, damn, dude. You can, can. You can clean your room. You could. Uh, clean your room. Take care of some. Take care of some other business. Just so it, <laughs> and then I don't know. But. Oh, yeah. It's good to get those experiences. If you're gonna get those experiences, get them when you're young. You don't want to be like 80 years old swiping, I guess. <laughs> do they have an old person meet app? Well, I don't know that they do, man. We gotta maybe, get on that, man. Old people yeah, need a bone maybe we too. Make it. Yeah, make some some money moves, man. <laughs> when you uh, when you went to Fountain Valley, were there any like? Were there any, like, scandals or anything, like, crazy that happened? Ooh, scandals. Or anything, Scan- like, super wild. Well, uh, there, there was this thing called 9-11 that <laughs> happened. <laughs> though, though it didn't happen at the school, so, uh, fortunately. Um, but, uh, God, well, you know one thing that I am proud to say is we, we won this we won some competition through K-Rock to have a trip to Magic Mountain and uh, the whole school? Weezer yeah the entire school what? and Weezer yeah yeah Fountain Valley won man and uh but, but here's the thing here's the kicker is that Weezer and the Offspring played at Magic Mountain what? at that yeah. Yeah. What were they? It had, it had some term too, like, oh, rock and roll high school competition or something like that. I don't know. But it was pretty, uh, you know, I, I think it fostered uh, barren unity, you know? Oh, dude, that'd be sick. It's funny. Imagine being like like a family dad or something that like worked super hard, finally got the, the money to like bring his family to Magic Mountain for the day and it just happens to be on a day where there's 4,000 high school kids there. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. What was the competition I mean, for? You just... It, I think it was it was through K-Rock. It was some type of like, I think if you just bothered them, if you just called Santa Bunch or whatever, you know, you... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the... I, I don't remember the name of it and I don't remember what the like rules were I think it was basically just call in and, and like I don't know request songs I, I mean it, it's it's crazy to even think about like I mean back then radio really meant something you know you didn't have Spotify you didn't have right 
So K Rock, I mean, he lived and died by the K Rock, you know. <laughs> but now it doesn't really mean as much. I mean, something but, like um, something like that could never happen now. They couldn't just send a whole school of kids now to a. Well, how far away is Magic Mountain from Fountain Valley? Like two hours? I mean, it's, yeah, like Santa Clarita. It's pretty far. They had buses. Um, well, and the funny thing was, though, is uh, after that trip, like everybody at our school had Weezer shirts. <laughs> everybody, everybody like repped Weezer, and I remember kind of like judging them, like, "Oh, you guys are you guys are New Jack Weezer fans." <laughs> You only heard about them because we won the competition. That's crazy. Was it like but, a like a private show just for you guys, or like anybody that was there that day? Not, yeah, God, I don't know. I mean, I, there's about four thousand students at the time, so it might have just been us. That's it's so foggy, and I mean, back back then, like I, I would say, I wasn't I wasn't the most foggy individual as <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> I kind of had the influence of Faulkner energy, and so, I, like, I, I was just, you know, like, back then, you're kind of too cool for everything, you know, and so okay. you're like, at, at least I was in, in my head, I was like, oh, like, this is lame, like, <laughs> this is lame, like, you, you just, you just kind of, like, you go against the grain for the sake of it, you know, and so I, I remember just... And, you know, we're always trying to just to, like, get into trouble and be, uh, and just be, uh, deplorable. So, I mean, yeah, I kind of, uh, I think, I don't, I don't know what we even, I barely remember what we did, but I, I do remember seeing The Offspring. That's vaguely. Dope. Yeah. Shout outs from straight out of Garden Grove. <laughs> the, the Offspring, man. Little Saigon adjacent. Well, as far as... As fuck yeah things go, that's there were as far as scandals go, that's pretty fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of a positive scandal. I'm trying to think of other. Like um, our school, well, when I was there, uh, the two main things were that really stand out were was the bomb threat on the third day of school, and then. <laughs> Jeez. And then the the PE teacher. Uh, Miss Perez, she got she got so she was the PE teacher. She was pretty hot, and she got caught banging the football, the head football coach in one of the classrooms. They got caught by a student, and in the process, she got pregnant. And he had a whole family, like wife and kids and stuff, like a whole. And so, like it was a whole, it was a huge thing, and it was it was it was pretty funny. Wow, man, that sounds scripted almost. It's like how could. That's insane. They're, so they're, they're just boning down in the classroom? And the kid just walked in, yeah. It, it, does, sound like a, it does sound like a porno. I mean, I, I might be walking down, walking by one of their houses, you know? <laughs> so I gotta... <laughs> Keep your voice low. But, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, that sounds scripted almost. It's like... <laughs> yeah, what? what uh, but I guess, they're, I guess they're probably into the thrill or whatever. It's it's funny because so you know Brandon right? Of course, yeah. Brando. So so I had yeah. him on like the second episode, and we talked about that for a little bit. And the so okay so for the, our freshman and sophomore year, there was this one football coach, and we never won. Whatever he got fired and replaced with this guy who ended up banging her. The daughter of the first guy listened to the podcast, heard me talking about it. 
and like blew up my phone like on Instagram, like all mad saying that like you can't talk about this, like blah blah blah, like like lives were ruined, like all this stuff. And I was like, what are you, what are you, what are you mad about? Like, it's the guy that replaced your dad. Like, what do you? I don't get it. <laughs> well, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't be talking about it right now. Then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she she unfollowed me because I was just like. Oh. So like I was I was just like ah thanks for the feedback I was like I mean what am I gonna do go edit it no no way ah uh, yeah that, well that is I mean it does sound like a unfortunate thing for several parties but uh I mean yeah that's the kind of stuff you live for in high school I guess it's yeah the, uh, exactly just a scandal you know and I don't remember I, I mean I was kind of was kind of in my own little world in high school you know like uh, I was really into music and I played music with with some of my friends and I didn't really pay much attention to what was happening at school. I was kind of, yeah, I, I was tapped out. I mean, I, I, I tried hard enough just to like get the grades to get by, but I didn't really, like I wasn't very social. You know, I, I, I uh, became a lot more social as I got older, you know? Right. Like I, I, I run into people all the time from high school. I just don't like people I had classes with, people that I was kind of friends with. I just don't even remember their names because, like, I don't even know if I knew their names in high school. Like, <laughs> I just like, you know, just like, uh, but I was always into like class clowning it and trying to get the laughs and crack people up. Right. You know. So, but yeah, I didn't really pay attention to like the. I kind of looked down on, at people that were like playing sports or were involved in the ASB or <laughs> class president. I, I sort of judged them. Like, why, why, why are you trying, bro? <laughs> the world, the world. Billy Corgan says the world is a vampire, bro. It, it's no. crazy from going from it is funny because that was the piece of advice that so my brother my middle brother he's a freshman at Valley high school now well i guess automatically becomes a sophomore because of covid but the, <laughs> the advice i gave him going into freshman year i was like or in middle school really was that all the people that you're friends with in middle school you're pretty much never going to see them again because in middle school, yeah, you're kind of just forced in that small classroom. There's like 30 people. You kind of all have to have the same interests. But once you hit high school, you could do whatever you want and actually meet people with the yeah. same interests. Yeah, I don't know what advice I would give kids. I would, I would kind of, you know, I think there are a lot of opportunities that I missed out on because I, I kind of was trying to be like, you know, a rebel and uh yeah I, I think like uh it would have been cooler to be more involved in different things and, and yeah even like I mean stuff like theater like that that would have been I mean and then you're like oh the theater kids are all nerds it's like yeah <laughs> well so are you you're also a nerd so like but you should learn something you know and uh sports yeah like I played little league and stuff but I, I kind of I think when you're younger, things are so much more compartmentalized because you haven't really spent time in the world. So it was like, oh, I can't, I can't play guitar and play baseball. Like, you have to pick <laughs> one. You have to. So I, you know, 
looking back, I would, I would have stuck with certain things that I didn't, you know. But that's that hindsight. They say hindsight is four twenty. <laughs> you know. So. That's who crazy. Am I to judge. Is that something that you think about as you do get older, like, like, like your childhood and stuff, like how different it is now, and like how also different kids being raised now are being raised. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I didn't really think of it. I didn't really think about that stuff all that much, but the past few months, I just have a lot more time to sit around and remember things, and you know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, I, the past like eight years, I've kind of been on the go, and so I haven't taken a lot of time to like look back on stuff from from that era. But yeah, in quarantine, I, I've been going through like old hard drives I have and, and looking at like pictures and, and songs I recorded and stuff and it, I mean it's been kind of cool in some sense to do that and it uh but normally yeah, I'm kind of just go 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 which may, maybe is a good thing I don't know <laughs> sometimes you you get kind of lost looking back and so but it's definitely I mean yeah it's definitely a trip now I mean just and, and I think it's gonna ch- it's gonna change though I mean like with this whole COVID thing, it, it, it remains to be seen what's going to kind of happen to like things like Uber and Postmates and you know. I don't, I don't know about so much Postmates. They they they're still. I've ordered Postmates oh, yeah, since this they're started. They're killing it. Yeah, they're probably they're making a grip. Yeah, you should uh, invest some stock. But the guys like when the guy delivered, uh, he like just so. I live in this neighborhood that's like a maze. It's hard to like find, and so like I have to like explain it over the phone. When the guy finally found the place, there's like a this like like an opaque window next to the thing, so I could see the guy's shadow, uh, and he was just standing there. And I like yell through the door. I was like, "All right, dude, you can leave now." Like, just, like like he wanted to meet me face to face or something. I was like, "I'm not letting you breathe in my house, bro." Yeah, he needed to, well, he was just taking some time to rub one out before he got back on the road, you know? <laughs> Outside my door? <laughs> Oi. Fuck, so you said, yeah. so you've been doing comedy for eight years now? Uh, yeah, well, I guess almost nine. Uh, I just did a Zoom show earlier today, so technically still in the game, <laughs> but, uh, do those suck or what? Like, are they like? I've just said no to them all, but like, from what I've heard, they're not very fun. I've I've had some I've done some that aren't that fun for sure. I mean, I think just like regular shows, you know, there's yeah. some that they're, they're uh, but some some parts of it I actually like better than regular stand up. To be honest, like I I think that they're more like they're more productive than open mics. Uh, in what way? Over, just overall, I mean, well, it's nice that you don't have to leave the house. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, you know, if you're go, if you're bouncing from mic to mic every night for nine years, it's like it takes a toll on your car. Yeah, you're putting down miles. You're out of guilt. You're buying a, a coffee that you're only going to drink half of, and so you get <laughs> diarrhea. You know. And so you at least don't need to do any of that. And then sometimes, yeah, people will, like, kick you a Venmo. So I, I think, like, 
And not to mention, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can kind of just focus on the material. You don't have to, like, fist bump the 30 open micer drags that half of whom you're, you're terrified of or don't want to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. You know, I love them all, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I th- I think they're like people don't want to accept that they've wasted a lot of time and money on some stuff. So it's like this prevents you from having to waste a bunch of money. You don't have to drive down to uh, Mission Viejo and uh, do some open. Uh, you know, so many open mics you're performing in front of nobody. So you're probably performing in front of more people on the zoom shows than the open than most open mics but uh does it yeah, tell it's you not, it's, it's, yeah uh, on zoom it, it tells you yeah it tells you how many people are like in the chat but um and yeah i've never done one that's had less than like or at least like three people and that like audience members you know right additional to comics and so, i mean that's that's kind of the nice part is like it's easy. It's it's easier for the audience members too, obviously, because like they have they have lives. They can't spend every day going to comedy clubs in town, buying two items, you know. Yeah, and I so, guess there would be that that sense of um, you know how like a room can change. If you're just watching a show in your room, you're the only opinion around you is your own. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's obviously not as sweet as getting that. You know, going up in, in a packed comedy club, right? For a bunch of hot chicks that are wasted, and <laughs> you know, it's not as it's it uh, is some part of that, but I, know, I think it's still productive. I, I think it helps you work on material. Are you doing material, or are you just kind of live podcasting it? Yeah, I'm kind of trying to do material. I mean, I've only done about five of them so far, but uh, I'm I'm hoping to get kind of like an anchor bar kind of like an honorary anchor bar zoom show going um time's just been whizzing by so fast it's like yeah it's already halfway through may yeah but i've been helping my buddy alfonso ochoa shout out to him he's been posting some zoom shows he's kind of got like a good facebook following so he kind of like posts them on there and i've been helping him with like the technical side of it and so i think i'm ready to execute something with anchor bar fuck yeah nation so fuck yeah dude it's it's weird man i mean who'd have thought we'd be doing this but i think they'll i think they'll stick around too though i think like the live shows will kind of continue to be something people check out even once everything returns you think yeah i think so man i mean well because also who knows if the virus is going to come back, you know, quarantine comes back. Fuck. I think people are going to definitely go right back to those. So I sense that, and I think the the medium is so new that, I mean, some people are going to figure out ways to make it more interesting and just a better overall experience. But I almost feel like they're more productive than open mics, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you can't be on a Zoom show and then have, let's say, Dennis Rodman walk in. I know, man. Dude. I mean, it would be nice if it did happen. <laughs> yeah, if Dennis, if Dennis wants to check out the Fawkeye Nation Zoom, be my guest, man. Maybe we can, maybe we can get him on a Zoom. <laughs> have, you reached out, have you reached out to him to get him on the, 
Fairly serious? No. <laughs> maybe you should try, man. You've, you've gotten some good guests, man. Yeah, hey, maybe. If, if, if he's a Norman fan, you know, <laughs> maybe he'll... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Mark Norman. <laughs> you haven't you haven't told that story on uh you didn't tell that story last time did you tell the the rodman story oh i didn't tell it not on this podcast yet oh man yeah well we uh we have a whole web series searching for rodman that uh gail dog has been a part of i'm actually editing the final episode well the fi- the, the series finale we might still we might do another season but uh, the uh, season three finale, I'm actually editing it tonight. I'm going to post it. So, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, but basically, I'm, I've been trying to uh, find Dennis Rodman and give him a fuck yeah nation hat to uh, express my gratitude for what he did. Because, uh, yeah, three years ago, he came to the Anchor Bar. We were having the comedy show. I was hosting it, and... It was one of those weird situations where, I think it was November, I think it was like November 1st, and I was short on rent. That was just, I, I was I had been living in LA for a while, and you know, I was dirty dogging it out there, you know? <laughs> doing shows, I, I was broke, you know? I mean, back then I was just doing stand-up, and I had done a little bit of Uber, but I, I got like deactivated from Uber <laughs> for a while. Yeah. Me too. I, I, you know what? Yeah, I worked for, shout out to, to Schlepp and Fetch. I worked for this delivery company for a while up there. So I was schlepping and fetching a little bit, but. Uh, what, what the hell is know, that? I was this delivery company up in LA. It's it since either gone bankrupt or just disappeared. Like a, like a weed, uh, a weed delivery company or? Uh, I don't think they did weed. They just, uh, food. Just like they would go to. They would deliver from Cantor's Deli. I mean, it was, it was oh, such oh, like oh, Postmates. Oh, yeah. oh, for sure, for sure. But they, they kind of went out of business, and, you know, don't quote me, but I think they may have owed some comics money that worked for them. Uh, Ooh. But I'm, I don't know the exact details. I don't want, I don't want the, your DMs to be getting flooded by the owners <laughs> of that, you know? But uh, long story short, I was broke. And, um, like, I literally... I, I was hitting up friends, like, saying, hey, would you want to sublet my bedroom in North Hollywood for a couple months so I can save up some money and whatever? I mean, I, I was, at the time, I was doing a ton of shows down here still in Orange County. It's my calling, you know? I'm pulled back <laughs> to this uh, region. Valhalla, dude. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I, I like, I'm driving to Anchor Bar, and I'm, like, freaking out. And uh, I'm hosting the show, and I'm kind of in, like, a fuck-no state of mind a little bit the whole night because I'm just stressed about finances, you know? Right. Uh, and then as I'm hosting the show, like, the show was almost, it was, like, after 11. In walks Dennis Rodman, you know? <laughs> and, 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 dude, it was so funny because uh, there was probably, like, 15 people left at that point in time, and, like... Something like seven or eight of them. There was like this big group of guys that they were they were about to leave. They they had walked out the door literally, and then they saw Dennis rolling up. They're like, "Oh, dude, we gotta check this out. <laughs> we gotta see what happens." And so they literally all turned back around and sat down again. And um, 
he's, I don't know what, he, you know, I can't quite say like what he was, I mean, I think he was probably crossfaded, you know, <laughs> but uh, he was like heckling. He was telling everybody, make a joke about me, make a joke about me. He, he kind of got off of the attention, you know. Right. And so I, I told him, I'm like, well, Dennis, I, uh, I've been trying to get in at the improv in Pyongyang. <laughs> so if you could help me out. And he, he cracked up. He, it was, he would just throw out, he would just make it rain. He, he, so he threw out like 100 ones, probably, you know, 50, 100 ones easily. And so I was literally like scooping them up and put him, putting them in my pocket, <laughs> you know. And I kind of had this strange moment of clarity like holy shit I'm gonna get Dennis Rodman to pay my rent this month <laughs> this, this is the only this is my only hope you know and so I uh, I, I kind of just straight up and I, I was just honest I just said Dennis you know I, I'm short on rent this month like if you, if you got more money I got more jokes man you know <laughs> and he, I mean he's like out of it he walks up the stage he, he's like how much money do you need? You know, I told him, like, oh, I need, I need 400 more dollars. <laughs> and he, and so he pulls, uh, he pulled out like hundred, because I had seen in his sock, he had like money in his sock. In his sock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who knows where he had been before Anchor Bar that night? I mean, who am I to say or make a guess? But, uh, he had money in his sock. Um, and, um, so he pulled out like, 500 bucks and goes I'm gonna give you the money right there but you've gotta give it to charity <laughs> like no no you, you gotta give it to charity and like tell me your charity and I was like me motherfucker like <laughs> what are you talking about and uh and he kind of thought about it he's like I appreciate your honesty and he put down like he put down even more money so I tell people I'm, I'm the only man I know who can say in November 2017 North Korea paid my rent you know <laughs> So, that's and so yeah, crazy. so I, 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 so literally, yeah, I, I started out the night like five hundred dollars short, and then I ended the night like five hundred dollars over, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, actually, I, I started. Uh, that was when I started making hats and stuff, you know. Like I got, I got the, uh, the Fakiat Asian hats, and um, so that's why I'm. Uh, I, I to kind of complete the cycle. I uh, I want to. Uh, the whole goal has been to give Dennis Rodman a hat, just to, you know, to express gratitude, <laughs> and um, and also just to give him credit for that, because I mean that, that was just such a cool gesture. Yeah, I've heard and, he's uh, a super he's, cool he's, guy. He's been getting credit lately, but I think for a while he kind of wasn't getting enough credit as uh, a legendary basketball. player player and a, and a legendary guy you know and he got he got a lot of flack for like the North Korea thing for a while which uh yeah, you, you know I mean say what you will about that I mean uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> in any event yeah I, I've so I've been searching for him because he, he, he'll, he'll just show up like that actually wasn't the first time I'd met him I I, I, I think I've seen him at least two or three times at other places um yeah, he showed up at Brea Improv one time and rushed the stage. What? Yeah. Shout out to uh, Matty Cole, Big Matt Cole. Matt, like, Matt was just walking around uh, the comedy club area, and uh, 
Dennis Rodman was like on the streets and, and somehow struck up a conversation with them and was like, come to the Bray Improv, they got comedy tonight. And uh, yeah, they, they had to like escort him. The, the security took him off stage. No way. Yeah. Who was, oh yeah. Was the, who I, was I on stage? I think it was Eli Nicholas's show. Shout out to Eli. I think it might have been Eli up there or uh, one of the comics on the show. I think Eli was hosting. But there's a picture somewhere uh, of that night, him him in the green room. And I mean, he was on he was on the same antics that night, just going crazy, just being wild. What a life, man. So he's kind of, yeah, I mean, like, he's sort of like the, I mean, he's a huge celebrity, and he just happens to kind of terrorize Orange County in a, <laughs> in a, in a, pos, in a mostly positive way, in a mostly fun and positive way. I mean, you know how it is down here. There just aren't, like, celebrities like that walking around, so it's always just so exciting for everybody that's around. We got, we got some celebrities that live down here, but yeah, they're not. I'm like, uh, you know, the Cocos. Um, they used to be here on Brookhurst. Oh, do I ever, man! Now it's some crap ass place, but that's. I met Mark McGrath there when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah. Sugar Ray, shoutouts, man. Another uh, some other Orange County legends. Orange County or Orange County, Long Beach, all of like just the the Orange County and LA has produced some amazing freaking talent. Yeah, we've had a lot of good bands come out of Orange County, but in terms of like athletes or uh, superstars, a little like you just you, it's also just like more of a bedroom community. So like you don't you just don't see people walking around like crazy people like that. Like, it was funny. I remember the first. Literally the first day of working for that Schlepp and Fetch company, I was doing delivery, food delivery, like on Rodeo Drive or whatever. And I, me- I remember Frankie Muniz was just walking around on his cell phone. And I was like, what? Is this like a plant? Like, <laughs> it seemed like the most Hollywood sighting, you know, just like, oh, here I am. We got That's got to be the next series is searching for Frankie, man. Man. Searching for Frankie Muniz. I thought that dude died. Knock him in the middle. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows at this point? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it's also crazy because you got to treat those people like like regular people. Otherwise, they'll, like, freak out on you. Um, like, I would... Uh, yeah, some... Yeah. When I worked at... It's strange, too, sometimes when you meet people that you're, like, not necessarily... Like, I'm not... I mean, I, I guess I did watch Malcolm in the Middle when I was, at, like, 10 or whatever, but there's some people that you're not necessarily, like, uh, a fan of, or, or you're just, you know, you're not necessarily starstruck, but then it's kind of like, oh, I know that you're a, a guy. Right. But, uh, <laughs> it's, I it's almost awkward. It, it's got to be awkward to, to have that level of notoriety. Did you, know? you, did you ever watch Storage Wars? A little bit. I mean, I've seen episodes just, you know, changing channels and so forth. So most of those most of those dudes live in Orange County, and I've I've met Dave Hester twice. The guy who's always like, "Yup." <laughs> uh, once when I was a, a sophomore in high school, uh, right outside my house at some, 
uh, right outside my mom's house, like the the Altadena dairy thing. He was like just stopping by, buying a Sprite, and I was buying like Fruity Pebbles or some crap like that. Uh, but then the other the little place on Talbert. Yeah. That's a that's a weird cool little uh, shop. It's gone now. It went out of business a while ago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the other time I met him just outside uh, my house here. You know where the Mike Thompson's RV is? Oh yeah. So me and my friend, we were we were walking to my car in the alley across the street because there's no parking in my neighborhood, and I just look over and there's some dude protesting, and I was like, oh man, like I should go take a video with this guy. Like this is funny, you know? Like why is this guy protesting like an RV dealership? You know? Like it could be funny. <laughs> and I go over there like with my phone out, like about to hit record, and I look and I was like what the hell and it was dave hester and he was he was he was pro he pro he was outside of my house for like three days just protesting the rv shop what what was he protesting yeah dude uh so like i guess they they scammed him uh or something and so he was like trying to get his money back and so he figured that uh maybe since he's i don't know like like an e-list celebrity that maybe people would listen but people would people don't give a shit they just drove right by him why didn't he just like talk about it on Twitter? You know, he doesn't really have social media. He's old. He's older. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, and, what, and the funny thing is, that's not like a. There's not a lot of. I mean, it's kind of like a tucked in industrial part of town. Like there isn't necessarily foot traffic around yeah, there. Yeah, no. Off Ward. You're gonna see that. Yeah. Off, yeah, yeah. Off Ward. Come on. I'm surprised they're I saw him. They're staying bored on Ward, man. I'll tell you. But uh, future podcast plug, I got his number, and once his contract with A and E is up, he's gonna be on the pod. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'll be a good yeah, one. Yeah, you've gotten some legendary guests on, man. You're, you're good at uh, managing the your Navy SEAL in the DMs, bro. <laughs> SEAL Team Six in it, man. <laughs> What's the, what's the, like the, was the Rodman thing, is that the craziest thing that's ever happened at Anchor Bar? I'm sure something crazier's happened in like six or seven years. Oh, God, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tons of, uh, there was another dude, God, what's his name? The guy from Waterboy, the guy that's like, needle dick, needle dick. Oh, yeah. He's one of Adam Sandler's buddies, and he showed up just totally sunburned and wasted and um i I think i I actually took a video with him but i I didn't i like messed up that was i didn't really know how to use instagram back then so the sound was off on that but uh but uh there's been some drop-ins like that i mean we've had yeah i mean it's uh there was uh a guy i mean yeah some of it maybe i shouldn't even put out there but i mean there's, there's been there's been some it's one of those things you gotta be there to see it you gotta be there to believe it see it and believe it you know and uh I mean six six hours of comedy for uh what eight and a half years minus the one year we uh we weren't able to do shows the hiatus yeah a lot of good comics kinda got their start there it was the first place they had kinda performed and or you know also like just the word kind of got out, so a lot of comics would hit me up like, hey, I'm, I'm doing the Just For Last Festival. Can I run 10 minutes? Um, and of course, I was like, no way, bro. 
get in line, dog. <laughs> I mean, I always try to accommodate stuff like that. So, you know, people working out their Conan set, working out their set for uh, Just for Laughs or, uh, you know, different audition people filming stuff. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was just always guaranteed that there would be a decent crowd there. So, kind of just got that rep. And then myself and uh, a handful of my buddies moving up to L.A., kind of putting the, they were kind of a, a little a little choir just spreading the word, like, hey, go check out Anchor Bar. So, I got to give credit to them for helping it, kind of get the reputation, so to speak. But, um how did you how did you get it started? Was it possible like did you just go to a bunch of different places and they were the first place that said yes or like were you a frequent guest there and the, you were just like hey we should try this or? Well, I had kind of dabbled doing open mics for. I mean, I did my the first open mic I went to was probably 2007. Where was, was that? About, well, the first one I started regularly going to was called Gypsy Den in Santa Ana and they actually still they only do music but back then I would kind of I would bring my guitar on stage and I would kind of do a character a French character huh. Robert <laughs> the French guy and so I would kind of more do like music open mics and you know I was getting getting laughs but it wasn't like straight stand up right but um, I, I, I think the first open mic I ever did was uh, this place called Earth Cafe in Irvine. Oh, we got we got a man. This guy's got some CC going. What? Got Someone a, just raced by a, you on a motor. Got a guy on a motorcycle going by. It's pretty loud. It's like a badass bike. <laughs> I'm I'm jonesing for one of those, man. I just want I just want a bike, dude. A motorcycle? A bike. Oh yeah, something. I I mean, I'd probably start with something a little lower cc to, to learn how to ride have you ever ri- have you ever uh, driven a motorcycle before but i've i've ridden i've ridden like a a moped actually in the anchor bar parking lot <laughs> oh that's right a couple guys have let me ride their moped dude the but, only uh, time i ever have ridden on a motorcycle it was one of my mom's boyfriends this was in like 2010 and um he, I hopped on the back of his motorcycle. We drove around town, and then like a couple days later, he tried to kill himself on our front porch. Oh my god! Yeah, tried to kill himself on our front porch, and it was like crazy. He was like self-destructive. He was, he, he could have just flipped us over right there on the freeway. Could I could have died? Oh man, that's uh dark, dark. brutal. It's a fuck no thing, man. Fuck no. Yeah, in, indeed, indeed. Fuck, yeah, dude. I don't know. What were we talking? We talking about um, uh, Earth Cafe. How Anchor Bar got started. Uh, well, so I, I was going to this place, the Gypsy Den, and uh, and I mean the first official open mic I did was at this tiny little coffee shop in Irvine, and it's kind of kind of funny because it was like a not not necessarily a fundraiser, but I think it was trying to raise awareness about the coffee shop. Uh, I think it was like some type of political organization on campus at UC Irvine where I was going um, I, I want to say that they were maybe like a libertarian uh, student organization or, or something like that like uh, 
Or maybe it was the opposite. Maybe they were like socialists. I don't know. They, they, it was some type of like political bent, and, and their whole thing was like, "Oh, we're trying to help small businesses." And that's what the open uh, mic was for. Well, well, this was a small business that was clearly failing, <laughs> and they were just trying to spread awareness about it. And so I, I think they were like, "Yeah, let's promote small businesses. We're going to do this open mic." And so you know, I went, I went down and did that. And yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it ended up shutting down like a month later, um, <laughs> but uh, which has been a that has been a, a recurring theme of open mics, open mic venues I've performed at over the years is that uh, they don't stay open very long. Um, yeah, my, the place I went up first is no longer around either. Centerfields. Oh yeah, dang. R.I.P. That place. R. I. P. Was, that place was brutal though. That place sucked. But Gypsy Den was pretty legendary, and my friend who uh, unfortunately passed away a few years back, John Carrillo, R.I.P. R.I.P. Love you, bro. He uh, he had he was a great musician, um, really talented singer songwriter, and uh, kind of had the mind of a comic. Like, he was a really funny dude, and uh, he he just kind of yeah he you know was a smart guy. I think he he worked at a law firm. And um, he just ran that open mic like a business. Like he really put a lot of effort into it, and it, it was just like really tight with it. And yeah, he had hosted it for like 15 years. I mean, that was part of it. Was like he just hosted it for so long that he just kind of knew the beats of what you're supposed to do. And I kind of picked up a lot from him about like just running like a live event and hosting a show and um. One of his buddies was a musician that, you know, I mean, Gypsy Dad was legendary. Like, you couldn't, there would be like a hundred people there every week. For an you open know, mic? Some, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was mostly music, but they, they did have some comics and some poets. And I mean, they would just get these crazy acts that would come through and some like really talented musicians, you know? Um, and it was a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, very attractive, artsy girls who, uh, <laughs> We're born in 2002? No. Uh, but uh, much much earlier than that. But uh, So it was just this big event, and it was kind of, it just had a reputation that preceded itself. And so, I mean, I, you know, one of uh, John's buddy, one of our mutual friend, Paul, he uh, he had, he like lived right by Anchor Bar and wanted to start his own kind of little open mic. And um, he, uh, he didn't want to host it though and I I think I had kind of like put it out there like oh I want to host one and so he asked me to MC it um, but his thing was he didn't want comedy he didn't want comedians at the open mic he only wanted musicians huh and I mean I was doing at that, at that point in time I was doing like straight stand up you know no guitar and so I, I was like I was real adamant on having comedy there, but he was like totally opposed to it. Kind of rightfully so. I mean, he's like, ah, you know, most open mic comedy is pretty horrible to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, uh, so I, but like no musicians were showing up. So we we did it for about three months and he he would let me book like one or two comics to do 10 minutes. Um, And yeah, back then I booked like Friendly Frank, Duke Fightmaster. Dang, the OGs. uh, yeah, the OGs, but um, no, no musicians were showing up. Like after a few months, like you know, it just was 
I mean, we would get like eight people to sign up for the open mic. <laughs> so uh, I finally kind of convinced them, like, hey, let's try like one time. At that time, you know, it was on Mondays, and there weren't any like comedy open mics on Mondays in Orange County at the time. So I kind of saw like, oh, this could be this could be the spot, you know? Right. It really grow. And so, sure enough, you know, I convinced, like, hey, let's try one time with comics. And there were about, like, 20 people there the first time. So it went from, like, seven or eight people are showing up to sign up to, okay, now there's 20 people. And uh, it just grew and grew, man. You know, every week, just more and more comics were showing up to sign up. And people were kind of coming to watch. And, it, yeah, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. That's that's pretty sick. Have you ever, have you done the, have you shown up to the Cypher Connection? Or heard about them? The Cypher Connection. They do it at the... Is that, is that in Long Beach? No, you know the, the Lab Anti-Mall? Oh, I've heard about it. I haven't haven't been to it recently. So I went to the, the first one, and it's like... Their, their whole thing is about, like, positivity and stuff. And, like... Um, oh, yeah. And... And um, so I was the first comic to sign up. And so before me was this, was this like, rapper guy. And then... In between, they, like, took a pause for, like, meditation. And so, like, they had the entire crowd, like, surround this lady who had this, like, bowl and a stick. And she was, like, making all these, like, noises, like, soothing sounds, like this bowl and a stick. And the whole time, I was just like, man, I'm going I'm to have to follow this? Like, I was like, what the? And I, I, did, okay. I did well. It was fun. But, you know, it was no cussing, nice. no nothing because it's in the middle of a mall. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. There was kids. There was like four year olds running around. But, but yeah, if you've whenever this whole thing ends, you should definitely check it out. It's an it's an experience. Yeah, if anything, something like I was thinking that that like outdoor shows are gonna probably be. Everybody used to hate outdoor shows. I mean, they, they could be a lot harder. I mean, it's not that people hated them, but they could be. You know, there's a lot of noise issues, so you you kind of always wanted an indoor like show in like a small venue but uh it was packed out it was different but, uh, yeah. but i didn't not like it at the same time like it was it was different but i had fun well with coronavirus i think it's gonna be much easier to do outdoor shows than indoor shows you know yeah because it's, it's just safer you know i mean the uh i mean who knows I, i'm no expert but uh i think that's kind of what they're saying is that yeah i mean the, the virus transmits easier in like a small room or that isn't well ventilated right so yeah these out I, yeah i know they're doing something they're doing something like that in san diego and la that like like have you seen that it's like some type of like social distanced open like, mic thing. comedy show yeah, yeah, so, yeah somehow they're able to like have like a radio channel that's within a one mile radius or some shit like that huh? yeah well and, and I think they're just showing up to random kind of parking lots or something and, and just setting up shop and everybody's kind of like spreading out. But uh, I, I haven't been to it yet. But, uh, I, I haven't signed up either. I was, yeah. I was going to wait a couple times just to see just to see it out. But Yeah, all this stuff's so crazy. I mean, I, I kind of have a feeling that things could go back to normal like as quickly as as the quarantine happened like it just seemed like out of nowhere we went from oh this virus is around and it's kind of weird to oh okay we are not going to leave the house for months yeah yeah 
<laughs> you know? And so I could sort of see things like turning back around really fast. Yeah, and, well, uh, people are already leaving their houses and shit now. Like, there's, if you, like, there's traffic again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I kind of wish, I, I was just so paranoid for a while, but, uh, kind of wish I had driven up to LA and just, like, sne- like, uh, that would be such a sight, kind of a historic sight to see, like, just downtown LA, totally empty, you know? I went to, uh, me and my homie went and did it. We ran over by the Hollywood sign. And yeah, it, it was empty, empty. Like, like, no traffic. We got there. We got there in like 28 minutes. It was nothing. Nice. Yeah, I, well, I go back and forth between Long Beach and Fountain Valley a lot. Uh, and uh, it's funny. Yeah, I mean, back. These past, and then I've been doing that forever well, for the past couple of years that I've been living there and uh, yeah, and usually it'll take about like 40 minutes 45 minutes during the day maybe like 50 minutes to get from Long Beach to Fountain Valley but uh, right now it's like you're there in like a sweet 27 minutes baby <laughs> you're killing it Where do you, do you go running around Fountain Valley anywhere? yeah so front, I do this uh this route where I just run from my house to Mouse Square, and sometimes I'll run around it. Sometimes I'll do the 5K course in the middle, and then back to my house. But otherwise, I'll just hop in my car and drive somewhere, like the wetlands or the or Back Bay or. Hell yeah! I gotta get to your level, man. We should go running sometime soon. Oh, okay. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that I'm at that level yet, though. But uh, I've been I've been jogging a little bit, getting back in. Uh, some type of shape. Oh yeah, no, I, I I run, run. Nice. But yeah, dude, yeah, I, I I'll do like a mile and then I'll, I'll kind of just walk and then like half jog a mile. But uh, I've never really done more than much more than a mile. Ever? I think back in the day I used to maybe do two miles, but I, I've never done like the marathon status stuff. Yeah, well, that well, that's next level freaking crazy. Like uh, those people that run those like hundred mile races. It's like why? That's too much. Yeah, shout out to Andy Pupa. He's he's uh, the running joke. He's he's doing a uh, he does crazy amounts of runs like that. Yeah, those. But I mean, a hundred mile run. What the hell? What's the point? <laughs> you can't watch that. I know, man. It takes half a day. You save some gas mileage, I guess. You got it. Well, isn't it like 50 out, 50 back? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, we could just run to Oxnard, man. <laughs> Let's do it. Imagine. Oh, that would suck. Oh. Hey. I'm always, I, I was thinking about that the other day. It would be cool just to like... I, I literally had that thought the other day. I was like, man, maybe I should just take a day and just walk to Fountain Valley from Long Beach. Just for the fuck of it, you know? Because, I mean, I, what I do is I, I look at my Google Steps. Like, I, I've been walking this whole conversation, you know, and so, I mean, my Google Steps are going to be pretty nuts. Um, and, uh, you know, I just got me, I'm like, man, I could probably, I, I wonder how long that would take. I think it'd probably be about five hours. To walk from Long Beach to Fountain Valley? Yeah, I feel like it would be, yeah. I've done the run in... Oh damn! Yeah, yeah. I, well, I ran from Fountain Valley to down to down Warner 
to PCH, up PCH, and I ran to, like, you, you know Naples, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to Naples and then back. It was, oh, damn. That was a long one, dude. And then on that, that part of PCH where you're crossing into Long Beach, like the, like the bridges where you pass by like that little yeah. Navy port, people were driving mighty close to me, man. I almost got hit a couple times. <laughs> yeah, man. Ugh. Hey, if you could, uh, if you could go back, if like you could go back in time and like meet and talk for like five minutes with like yourself after your first open mic, like and give yourself advice, like what would you tell you? Wow. Knowing what uh, you know now. I think. Uh, I think it, you can't emphasize enough how important writing is you know writing and editing like recording your sets listening back um and also to just like not not trying to you want to play to every room but you don't want to uh i think it's a, it's a waste of time trying to uh make comics laugh you know right and so i, I think you know you kind of get caught up in your head of like oh you know, you want the respect of your peers, but then it's like, I would probably tell myself like, hey, don't don't let these guys get in your head. Within six months, they will all have DUIs and they will have <laughs> given up. One or two will start a podcast. One or two will, uh, you know, and also just, yeah, just to not, I mean, I think that's something that, even when I was thinking back in my high school days, it's like, it's weird. I mean, th- things are real as you experience them, but like, I think like just time flies so fast. It's like years from now, who's going to still be doing this stuff? And so I-, I think like you have you have to be almost a little removed from like the day to day in some sense, right? You know, to where you're, it- it's like, oh my god, you know. I, I think you know you you're a little too sensitive when you start, or at least I maybe I was, or some people that I've seen. You're just kind of like, oh, oh, you know, I got heckled, or oh, that guy interrupted my set, you know. And it's, right. You take it so like, it's like oh, this, you know, you take you take everything so personally when it's like you, you know half these half. Uh, it's rarely ever you. It, it usually has to do with just what people are going through that day, and, and you you just happen to be the person they choose to lose their shit on or be an asshole to. And I think I got, you know, I had you know, some guy, I mean, I was running a lot of shows. I mean, I, I still was up until two months ago. And uh, <laughs> I was back then. I mean, now there's at least, I mean, there's a lot of comedy in Orange County right now. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're talking pre pre pandemic, uh, now, now there is literally none. Uh, <laughs> But uh, there was up until March, there was a ton of comedy, and what was nice about that was like th- there were other venues and, and bookers and hosts and producers for like comics to like resent, apart from just me, you know. So, so <laughs> some other guys could could share the share the blame, and because I mean, yeah, back when I started, there just wasn't as much going on in Orange County, so I was kind of a you know, I was I was kind of a convenient guy, and I, I was I was pretty motivated and, and driven, and so 
I was the one guy you could kind of point your finger at if you were like an open micer at the time and be like, oh, he's the reason I'm a loser, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I think I kind of, you know, that I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like people feeling negative things towards me or, and, uh, yeah, I, I think like you just, you're a little too set. You, you gotta have kind of, gotta get that thick skin, you know? Oh man. Yeah. That, that's, that would be huge. That's actually a, a good point with the day to day thing. That's more, I mean, you gotta, you gotta work on like listening back and editing things and, uh, improving things here and there. And, uh, listening to each set day to day, but yeah, dude, it's big picture all the way. Yeah, and little stuff too, like along the way, just like, oh, I gotta get on this show, or oh, like, I mean, I, there were so many situations like that where it's like, oh, this show is, oh, why am I not booked on this show? And right. Then you finally, you, like, looking back, you're like, oh, that that show was that, that show was terrible. Like, why, why was. You know, I, I had this big complex about that or, or whatever, you know, and and so I think, uh, yeah, you got to think long term and also just, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I didn't do a lot of things right that I think like a lot of guys get stuck kind of in their little pocket that, you know, they, they get comfortable in like the Costa Mesa comedy scene or the Denver comedy scene and they don't venture out. And I, I think it's really... I mean, you, you've uh, always been great about that, like getting out of out of the, the same little town. Yeah. You know, like just going and experiencing other things, um, experiencing different types of crowds. And I mean, I, I kind of did the same thing too, you know, early on. Uh, in fact, yeah, actually uh, going through old hard drives and stuff, I, I found this like, I, I found these videos of like just some road trip I did up to San Francisco just to do a couple like, shit open mics you know yeah dude every scene is different it's crazy seven years ago yeah yeah and I think it's good it's good especially when you're younger to not a bad idea to move out to Idaho and become like the big dog in that town and get a lot of stage time and then you know move to another town and experience that I think especially when you're younger it's uh take advantage of like not having a lot of responsibilities and maybe still still being on your parents uh health care you know, health care <laughs> and uh yeah go go dirty dog it in, in uh in uh phoenix or idaho or something you know and uh bomb bomb your cock off and, and <laughs> you know and uh once you've kind of gotten everything you can uh you wouldn't you know all the experience you can get you know you go to another place and now you're a little more experienced people are like oh okay this guy isn't terrible you know oh man well as we approach the final minute uh, of the episode it's been great having you on man catching up all this stuff but this next minute is all all you man anything you want to plug anything you want to talk about any questions any anything it's all you man fuck yeah dude I appreciate thanks for having me on man uh yeah, you already know Fuck Yeah Nation podcast. Check it out. We had a uh, Gale Dog on a recent episode. Yes, sir. One or two or three episodes back, you can hear that on Apple, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. And then yeah, just uh, check out searching for searching for Rodman. Galen was in uh, quite a few episodes of that, and um, I'm about to drop 
the uh, season finale. And there's been three seasons. It's based off the true story of encountering Dennis Rodman. And yeah, I'm just I'm trying to just give him the fuck yeah nation hat and express my gratitude. And so we can go from place to place, and uh, we end up getting caught up in some trouble along the way. So <laughs> about to drop one of the final episodes of, of this season. Hell yeah, it's man. A it's going to be a good one. And I'm putting that one out actually only on Patreon. For, oh. uh, at least for now. Maybe, maybe like a year from now, I'll, <laughs> I'll drop it. But uh, yeah, follow the Flock yeah Nation Patreon. I got some bonus content. $1.69 a month. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Flock yeah Nation. Fuck yeah, man. Well, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, let's go jog. I'll be six feet. I might be more than six feet behind you. You know what I mean? All right, man. Everybody be safe out there. Thanks for listening.